Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. So we're getting close to the end of this series that we started back in September, the beginning of September, called All In. And it's really based on the passage of Scripture um, where Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And it really comes out of, and it it's all goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And Jesus reaffirmed it um, in the New Testament. And it's this verse. Jesus said, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus says this. And I'd like you to read it out loud with me. We'll put it up here on the screen. We will. There it is. Okay. Um, so I'd like you to read this out loud with me. If you don't learn anything else, you're going to learn something this morning. You're going to memorize the greatest commandment. It's this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Now, actually, the last couple of weeks, we've had the Matthew passage up there, and we didn't realize it until last week. I didn't realize it until last week. The whole strength part was not in Matthew's version. So we went to Mark's gospel because we're talking about all your strength, and it would be kind of dumb to not have it up there in the verse. We're memorizing. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about all your strength. And we've talked about through this series, what does it look like in each one of the things? What does it look like to love the Lord with all your heart? And we talked about your heart is that decisive center. It's where you make commitments. It's where you make those decisions that affect the trajectory and, and, and course of your life. And loving God with all your heart means to, to make that decision to go all in, to make that commitment, to say, I don't know where it's going to lead me. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm starting now. I'm going all in. Now we talked about all of your soul. What is your soul? It is that innermost part of who you are. It's that part of you that nobody else sees but God. And it's a complete abandonment to say, God, you know me through and through. It's all yours. It's all yours. Then last week we talked about all your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your your whole way of looking at life and, and interpreting the circumstances of your life and getting that in line with God's ways. And today we're going to talk about all your strength. And if I could sum that all up into one word, what does it mean to love God with all your strength? It is simply to serve. It is to use the resources, the strengths, the abilities, the gifts, the talents, all of the things that God has given to you back in serving Him in this world. And so if I could sum it all up into that one word, if you get nothing else this morning, it's about serving. Loving God with all your strength means serving Him, using your strength for his kingdom's sake. And um, the Bible talks an awful lot about this. In fact, the New Testament gives a lot of clear instructions. And it has to do with your giftings. And so we're going to be looking at a couple of different passages. 1 Corinthians 12, um, Romans 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of hopping around this morning. But stay with me because they all have to do with the same central theme. Let me read to you first from 1 Corinthians 12. Paul wrote these words. He says, Now about, spiritual, about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, he's saying, you need to know this stuff. Okay? So verse 4, he says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given the spirit of message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. 
All of these are the work of the one and same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Ephesians chapter 4, picking it up in verse 11. This is to a different church. Same message. Paul writes, Christ Himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then Romans 12, verse 3. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though we are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. He says, every one of us has different set of of gifts and strengths. And we're to use the ones that we have been given for his sake in this world. And it's all about serving. So what does it mean to love the Lord your God with all of your strength? How do you do that? We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. And it starts with simply this. It starts with making an honest assessment of your strengths. Just sit down and figure out, what are my strengths? Because everybody has them. You are uniquely shaped to serve God in this world. Each and every one of us in this room is uniquely shaped by God. We are not all the same. We do not all have the same talents. We do not all have the same gifts. We do not have the same skills or abilities. We are all different, but we are all necessary. And if you're sitting here this morning and say, I don't have anything, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And it's the job of, of the leadership to help you discover that. Look at what um, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He said, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, everyone, that's you, it is the same God at work. Paul says, God works in and through you to accomplish his redemptive work in this world. Everyone. Everybody has been gifted. Everybody is uniquely shaped. N.T. Wright has a beautiful illustration of it. He talks about, he says, we are like mirrors set on a 45-degree angle. That we are to be reflections of God's grace to the world around us. That they are to see in us, through us, God, who is a God of mercy and grace and love and power and strength. And we are like those mirrors set at a 45-degree angle. Every one of us. God wants to show the world something about himself through you. And we all have it, and it's all different from every one of us. We have different talents, okay? There are some of us in this room that have incredible musical talents. There are some of us who do not. (laughs) Sometimes those of us who do not don't know that we do not. We need other people to tell us, that is not your talent, (laughs) Some of us have artistic talents and abilities. 
They are God-given. All of your talents, the, the things that you, that you are good at, they are given to you by God, not just for you to enjoy, but for you to reflect His glory and His grace in this world. And you need to be doing that because it's how God created and shaped you. You have talents. Some people have, have writing talents. Some people have speaking talents. Um, one of the things that I just lo- I love, I, the number one fear that most people have is fear of speaking in public. I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> I get up and I talk and I, I'm energized by it because it's something that God has given to me. You have Natural talents, because God gave them to you, uniquely to you. And not only do you have talents, but you also have skills, skills that you have learned over the years. Some of you are incredibly skilled at working with your hands. You work in the trades, and you can, you can fashion things and make things that nobody else can make. You've, got a, you've just got a skill for that kind of stuff. Some of you have organizational skills, You just have a way of seeing a mess of people doing all kinds of different stuff and bring them all together to be on the same page and and, and put them all in the right spots. You've got organizational skills. Some of you have technical skills. You just know how to sync all of those different technology things you've got in your home. And, and, And you've got that ability, skills that you've learned. They are part of how God has uniquely shaped you. Not only that, but you all have certain passions. You have a heartbeat. There are certain things that get your heart beating a little bit faster when you think about them. It might be a particular issue or a particular cause. It might be a particular people group that you're just passionate about. You just, you're, you're in love with that culture. It, it might have to do with an age, age group. You just, some people just love kids. Other people don't. But, but it's part of how God shaped you. And then on top of that, you all have different personal experiences. And sometimes, this is what I want to talk about a little bit, because sometimes people feel like, you know, the things that I have been through and the bad mistakes that I have made and, and the stuff that I've gone through, you know, I, that, that just disqualifies me completely from God ever using me. And I want to tell you, that is exactly wrong. Because God has this redemptive ability to take even the junk of our lives and turn it around for good. We have a recovery ministry here at Northgate. I cannot lead that recovery ministry. Because if I went and led that group, I would just be preaching at people. But the people in that group and help lead that group have come through and are in the process of recovery. And they're able to say, hey, I know what that's like. And I know what it's like to fail. And I know what it's like to be restored. God can even take the junk of your life and use it redemptively. And then what Paul adds on top of all of that, however God has shaped you as a Christ follower, there is one additional thing. It is called spiritual gifts. It is gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are divine empowerments that God himself uses in your life to accomplish ministry. And that's what we're going to focus in on this morning. There's a lot of them. In fact, just in the three passages that we read together this morning, there are at least 20 different spiritual gifts that are listed there. And that's not an exhaustive list. There's all kinds of them all through Scripture. These are gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. They are empowerments in your life by which you can serve in God's redemptive work in this world. 
It might be within the church. It might be out in the community. But God has empowered everyone. And if again, if you say here and say, not me, I don't have any gifts, you couldn't be more wrong. Because Scripture makes it very, very clear. Each and every one of us has been gifted with empowerments from God to be used in his service. List of 20, right, that we read this morning. I can't have time to go through all of them, but let me just tell you a few of them. The gift of the apostle. The apostle. Are there apostles around today? Listen, the apostleship gift is, is, is people who just love and thrive in starting new ministries, planting churches. They, just, they, they see potential in a way that nobody else sees it, and in faith, they step out and they begin to start new ministries and meet needs that nobody else thought of meeting. That's an apostolic gift, okay? And maybe that's a gift that you have. You just love getting things started and, and getting them established, That's a gift from God. If you have a real heart for people and their spiritual growth, if if you just love coming alongside people and helping disciple them and and, and learn with them and, and teach them and mentor them, that's a pastoral gift. That you love being in the ongoing spiritual formation of other people. Now, you may not be the pastor of a church paid staff, but that doesn't mean you don't have a pastoral gift. And a lot of our community group leaders have that pastoral gift. They love helping people grow in their faith. That is a spiritual gift. Gift of mercy. Some people have this compassion for those who are hurting and who are in need. And not only have a compassion, but do something about it. They're able to provide practical help. That is a divine spiritual empowerment to make a difference in this world. That is a spiritual gift. It's called the gift of mercy. Leadership is another spiritual gift. Some people just have a gift from God to be able to inspire and motivate people into a unified purpose and move everybody forward. It's a leadership gift. It is a spiritual gift of leadership, and it is incredibly necessary in the church. And some of you have that gift. Now, some of you think you have the leadership gift, but let me tell you, if you think you're leading and nobody's following, you're just out for a walk, okay? (laughs) That is not the gift of leadership. But if you find that you start doing things and people want to follow along with you and be involved in that process, that is a leadership gift. It is a divine-inspired gift of God. There's another one, and I want to hit on this one. It's called the gift of helps. Now, if you don't have any other spiritual gift, I think this is the most predominant one throughout the church body. The gift of helps is this ability, maybe you're not a specialist in any one thing, but you have this ability to come alongside somebody else in their giftedness and provide a support to them and an encouragement to them and and a help to them in such a way that it absolutely magnifies their efforts. It it maximizes their, their, their benefits in their giftings. And maybe, maybe that's the only gift you have, but it's a gift of God to be able to come alongside somebody else and and just in a synergetic way boost up the effectiveness of that particular ministry. Now, we don't have time to go through all 20 of them. That's just kind of a handful of them, but it kind of gives you an idea. Now, we don't have time to go through all of them this morning, but here's what I would highly recommend. If you have no idea even where to start, we have a class. It is actually beginning this evening at 4.30. You can get in on it. It's called The Journey. And The Journey class is all about moving forward in your spiritual walk. And part of that, big part of that, is finding your place to serve. 
And in the journey class, they have to take a lot more time to go over all of these different gifts. Actually work through a diagnostic that will help you to identify where maybe your giftings lie. So if you've not taken the journey class yet here, I highly encourage it. It's a five-week class. It starts tonight, 4.30, Sunday evenings for the next five weeks. Get in on that class because this is essential. Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant about this stuff. This is important stuff for your spiritual development and growth. It's about loving the Lord with all of your strength. So find your gifts. Um, it's important that you do this. Paul wrote these words. He said, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. In other words, don't get all these highfalutin ideas about yourself, but on the other hand, take an honest assessment. Where are your gifts? Where are your talents? Where are your skills? Where are your abilities? Because they all go into how God has shaped you, and he wants you to use those things. For his kingdom's sake. So that's the first step. Once you begin to discover them, then look for opportunities to use your gifts. Because it does no good to know your gift if you're not using it. It's all about putting it to work. And that's why we are so committed to this whole idea around here. In fact, that is our job as leaders. It says Christ gave himself apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Now, notice he does not say God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to do all the work of the ministry for those who want to just sit, give their money, and evaluate how well they're doing. He says, no, the leadership of the church's responsibility is to train and educate and to equip the people of the church to do the work of the ministry. That's our job, and we take that very, very seriously. As you came in this morning, you notice we have going on this. In fact, we're going to let you out early today because we want to help you, give you a chance to go through the ministry fair and just start where you might have an interest and find out a little bit more of all the different ministries that are going on around here so you can find a place to plug in. Now, the journey class is incredibly helpful. It helps understand what these gifts are and, and how to kind of diagnose where you're at. But the best way, the very best way, is to simply do something. Just get involved and take a first opportunity to serve. And that's what the ministry fair is really all about. Just find a place you think, you know, this might be a place where I could serve. And start doing it. You might find after a couple of months, and I'd say give it at least three months, but you might find after three months, you know what, this really doesn't fit me. But I think this other one might. But start somewhere, because that's the very best place. All diagnostic tools, all these different surveys and everything, they can only take you so far. The best way to discover it is to do it yourself. That's what the ministry fair is all about. Test drive a ministry. Because what Paul makes very, very clear, and in fact, it's in all three of these passages that we read, although we didn't read them all extensively, every one of them, he uses this analogy of a body. And he says, the same way that your physical body is one body, it has all kinds of different parts to it, and they all have different functions to them. And for a church body, for the body of Christ to be healthy, all of those ministries need to be functioning, just like in your human body. If there's parts of your body that are not functioning correctly, the whole body suffers. And the same thing is true in the body of Christ. I used to work in construction. My dad's a building contractor, and I used to work for him. I worked for him for years, uh, all through high school, college, and even then some after that. 
Um, but about 20 years ago or so, I did something really, really stupid. I shot myself in the hand with a nail gun. Not, not one of those air nail guns. This is the one that uses a 22 shell, okay? And I shot myself right. And what I did is, scar is still there. It's about that yay long, okay? Tore open the skin. But one of the things that it did was it damaged the nerve that operates the ligament that holds that finger close to the rest of the hand. And, and when I first did it, it's been 20 years now, but even still, it kind of does that all by itself if I don't think about it. Um, and for the longest time, you know, I go and I go to put my hand in my pocket, and I go put my hand in my pocket, and I, oh, <laughs> got to help the little finger in, he missed the slot, you know. But an incredible thing happened in your body. The nerve that, that, that made that, that little thing work, okay, it was destroyed. But what happened over time is other nerves and other ligaments have overcompensated for that. And now I can move that little finger like I couldn't for a number of years. Now, it still works, but every once in a while it still misses the pocket (laughs) because it's not functioning the way it was really meant to function. The same thing is true in the body of Christ. If you are not fulfilling your function in the body of Christ, the church will still function, but it will not be at its optimum. And that's why this is so important. It's important for your spiritual growth and your spiritual health, but it's also important for the spiritual health and growth of the body of Christ, this church. Now, I firmly believe, I firmly believe that God has given this church all the gifts that we need. The problem is not all of them are being utilized. And that is a problem. And so that's why this is so important, not just for your own life, but for the sake of the body and in a larger context, for the sake of God's work in this world. Paul writes about it. He says, now, he says, listen, everybody has a function. He says, I want you to understand this. He says, I want you, don't want you to be ignorant of this. Everybody has a function. You have a function. Nudge the person next to you with your elbow and tell them, you have a function, okay? Because they're not listening. They're thinking it's about them. You're you they're talking to, okay? So here's the idea. Paul puts it this way. He says, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. He said, listen, you can't sit there and say, hey, because I don't have that gift, I don't have anything to do in this body. You look at somebody else who's maybe more gifted, more talented, or has more um, upfront kind of gifts, you say, well, I could never do that. I must not have anything to do. He says, no, you couldn't be more wrong. Don't think because your gifts are not the same as somebody else's that you don't have a part, because you do have a part. Eyes need ears, ears need eyes, hands need feet, and feet need hands. So you do have a function. Nobody is useless. That's the one thing Paul says. And then he goes on and says um, that no, everybody, is, nobody is indisp- no, <laughs> everybody is indispensable and irreplaceable. That not only are you not useless, you are needed. He says the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. You see, these are the two mistakes that we make. One is that we think, I don't have anything to contribute. 
I don't really have a part in this. I really don't have a function because I can't do these other things. The other side of it is sometimes those who know their gifts are not very patient with those who are still discovering. And they say, oh, no, I'll just do it. Now, that is a big mistake. For those of you who are functioning in your gift and you know what your gifts are, um, it's real easy to just jump in and do everything. But you need other parts of the body to be helping you. And Paul says, this is the thing. Nobody's useless. Everybody is indispensable. We need each other. So discover your gifts. Begin to use your gifts. And then the last part of it is this one. When you discover your gifts, whatever your gifts are, serve with all your heart. Give yourself to it. Jump in with both feet. Don't wait to be begged and asked and pulled and tugged along. Just jump in. And that becomes increasingly necessary for us as a church. We are making some incredibly um, bold steps of faith right now. Um, we're expanding our student ministries. Um, we are making a change. We're adding a Saturday evening service coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, we need more helpers. We need more workers in our children's ministry. We need more workers in our, in our student ministry. We need more people who are skilled in, in, in developing our, our student center. Um, we, are, we are going to this year do our trunk or treat not only in Benicia but also in Vallejo. We are going to need more people involved in all of that. We're expanding all kinds of ministries, but we cannot expand the ministries that we believe God is leading us to expand without the help of everybody. And that's why we're doing the ministry fair. Because you need to discover where your gifts are, where your talents are, and you need to start using them. Not just for your sake, not just for the sake of Northgate, but for the kingdom's sake. It's that important. I want to give you, I got this email a couple of months ago, beginning of July, um, talked about this idea of serving, and I got this email from someone who has been through the journey class, taken the, the gifts test and everything like that. She said, hey, Pastor Ken, wanted to share something with you about your sermon today. Not long after I became a member at Northgate, Dave McMurphy suggested I discover what my gifts and talents were from this online site that he had provided. Well, it determined that I was a helper slash servant. I must confess at the time, I was not happy about that determination. <laughs> I was hoping for something a little more exciting. I associated that gift as working in my dad's restaurant waiting on tables. However, over the years, I've come to realize a different meaning to helper servant. And it has been my gift and talent for as long as I can remember. I was 15 and a half years old and taking my Nana to chemo treatments in downtown Houston, visiting nursing homes to sing or read to patrons there, helping my best friend die with dignity, then becoming a hospice volunteer and so forth. Today, you made it clear to me that my gift resembles Jesus' gift. And I was proud to declare my gift as a helper servant. Thank you for providing clarity to the importance of my gift. You have a gift, and it is important. And Paul put it this way. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it is, and do it in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Because this is God's vision for his church. 
It is the express will and desire of God for his church that people would be using their gifts to serve in his kingdom for his kingdom's sake in our communities. It is God's design. It is God's intent. It is God's desire so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ joined and held together by every supporting ligament as it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Do you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.